0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Darkness Within. Tonight, I bring to you author S.J. Wells, the author of Haunted. Not only is she an author, but she is also a paranormal
1: investigator.
0: And I have with me tonight as co-host, Heather McIntyre. Welcome, ladies.
1: No, good How- evening, Judy. Good evening, S.J. Hello. <laughs> So, I'm here. Um,
0: I was reading a little bit that, I mean, this, basically your experiences with in the paranormal world went back to when you were very, very young. Do you yes. want to tell, tell us something about that?
1: Well, um, let me kind of give you a little base of, you know, my family was very religious, and, you know, it went from, me having a double pneumonia, having a near-death experience, coming back, and then all of a sudden being able to communicate with spirits, which I didn't even realize what they were at first. Um, but I couldn't tell anybody because of my family being so religious. They would have thought I was communicating with demons or something. I don't know. Right. Um, and so, I mean, they were Southern Baptists. We were Southern Baptists at the time, and, and there's a lot of Southern Baptists. I'm sure you guys know the religious you know, aspects of it, you know, where they're very, uh, what is it, fire and brimstone, you know, kind of yes, thing. Yes, I and, lived in the
0: Bible Belt in South Carolina, so yes,
1: yeah. I'm very aware of <laughs> 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 I mean, my family, don't get me wrong, my family are very loving, and loving good people, but they wouldn't have understood, you know. And, right. Yeah, and I didn't tell anybody until I was well into my late teens, you know, before, anybody even knew what was going on. I was pretty good at hiding it. So, mm. How long did you have to hide it? How old were you when you had your, your near-death experience? I was five. Wow. So for ten-something years, uh-huh. you you saw these, these spirits and you had to hide it from your whole family? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. What was that like for you? Well, um, very scary. <laughs> uh, yeah? Very frightening, because most of the most of the spirits that came to communicate with me were were good people you know they um didn't give me any uh reason to be frightened of them in other words but um there were a few that you know the whole i'm sure you guys have heard of the guy in the man in black you know kind of thing the shadowy yep. guy that. Yeah, stands there with a hat on and a long trench coat and doesn't say anything to you. Well, yeah, he came to visit me too. And, um, you know, I, my first experience was it kind of like opened the gateway. It's kind of like, uh, you when you know, you go to a racetrack and the horses are in that gate, you know, and all of a sudden the gates open and the horses come, burst, you know, bursting out of the gate. Well, it was kind well, of like that after after my first, after my first experience. I mean, it was like they were all standing in line waiting for me to help them, and I had no clue of what I was doing, who I could even talk to. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, five years old—that's you know, you, you don't even hardly know your own name, let alone any, you know how to do anything else. So, right, yeah. that's incredible, and no one else knew they were there. You know. <laughs> As time went by about when I was about seven um we moved into this farmhouse, and I ran into a very evil abusive well in life, the guy was very abusive to his family um, and he was i i don't know culminating into something dark, really dark, and he would pull me out of my bed and scratch me and and I mean, scare me at every turn, you know. And I mean, it was just all the time. I mean, but I kept it to myself because, and because there was another spirit there, which was his daughter he mur- that he had murdered, and I I focused on her and, you know, <laughs> tried to keep him at bay, so to speak. And yeah, it was it was not a very fun experience. Matter of fact, one of the books that I hope to write in the in the near future is about that that experience because there was so much that happened to me in that one, um, I guess you could almost call it like it was a learning ground for me, um, that farm that we lived on because Mm -hmm. of the dark side of it and the good side of it, you know, so, and that that one particular place is where my my sister actually had um, an experience there too, but nobody talked about it and I sure wasn't going to bring it up, you know, and... I think everybody had their own experiences but weren't talking about it because mm-hmm. from the same fears that I had, you know, about them throwing me in some rubber room someplace and, and calling it good, you know. Well, you know right, the, but
0: now... Mm.
1: That's the thing, though, SJ, is that
0: uh, people, you, you mention the paranormal, and they all think you're not or you're possessed. Or you know something like that. I mean, I've I've actually gotten thrown out of a church, and they told me I worship the devil because of I do paranormal investigation. Yeah. I mean, By no means do I worship the devil. In no, no. means, by any way, shape, or form.
1: Right. Would I right. ever
0: do that? You know.
1: Well, and you know, I had a <clears throat> from the time I don't know, probably from the time I was ten until I was twelve. Um. I lost all my grandparents, and because we moved we, we moved out here to Washington when I was in second grade, <clears throat> and then my grandparents, uh, you know, lived back in Illinois. And uh, my mother's parents came out to visit us a couple times, but it it was really strange because when my grandpa was there the second time. Um, there's like a separation when someone's when you can see someone is going to pass away. There's like a separation of their their soul is starting to leave their body. Uh-huh. And I saw that on him and it scared me. I knew something was going to happen and I think it was like um February of the next year he uh died of a heart attack on his way to work. And so uh, I when we got that phone call, you know, you know that dreaded phone call you get at two o'clock in the morning or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody's calling to let you know that someone in your family has been has died, and uh, so I knew before you know they even that phone call came. So that it, it was not you know it was not the best experience when I was really young, but as I got older, <clears throat> I really got into it. I was actually doing paranormal investigations in my teens you know, by myself, and I was going different places, and, you know, a spirit would just be there by chance, and, and I would, you know, try and communicate. I had this one little girl, um, I went to a thrift store, and the lady had collected a bunch, the lady on the shop um, had collected a bunch of dolls, and so this little girl was attached to this one doll, and so she actually, I, I didn't, See her at first, but then, when I bought the doll because I really liked the doll, um I bought the doll and I put it in the car and I'm driving down the road and and uh, I don't know, I was probably about fifteen or sixteen, no, I was sixteen because I was driving by myself so um i'm i driving down the road, and I was, look at my rearview mirror, you know how you do when you're driving, you know, and I see this little girl sitting in my back seat, and i pull, oh my, I pulled out the <laughs> road, and I'm going. What are you doing here? <laughs> she, said, <laughs> you know, she just no. She just kind of communicated to me that that was her doll, and I said okay. So I did a little yui, um, you know, like you go oh. to the over, you go to the overpass, and you turn around, and you go back to the, the direction you just came from,
3: mm-hmm. hey, and I'm,
1: I drove right back to the thrift store, and I took the doll, and I said, I'm sorry. There's something about this doll that that is not going to work for me, you know. And the lady said, "It's a little girl, isn't it?" I said. <laughs> you knew? <laughs> I, I said you knew. I said she said yeah. She said I wasn't really gonna sell the doll. She said because, you know, I knew the little girl was haunting my shop. Now, you know, she, but she said, you know, when you got you make money, you have to make money. You know, it's a thrift store, and so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I just left the doll there. And what she did was she ended up putting it in. A, I, I went back to visit this woman several times and to communicate with the little girl to try and get her to move on, you know. And um, <clears throat> the lady had put the doll in a case, you know, like the little crucifix and all that stuff. And I said, you know, the doll's not possessed. I said, it's the little girl's just attached to it. And she said, oh, I know. She said, it's just it's a great conversation piece was what she said. Mm. So she was, you know, she was, you know, using the doll for people to, you know, come in and see the haunted, the little girl, you know, the the haunted thrift shop, you know, it was kind of crazy. Oh, <laughs> <but. laughs> uh, and did you ever cross Emma over? Could you ever help her move yeah, on? Yeah, I, I actually crossed several spirits over, um, mostly children, because to me they're the ones that <clears throat> really don't need to be stuck here, and so I just talked to them. Um, I did have, I, I'm kind, of, I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth, and I apologize for that, but. I did have an experience, we lived in a place in Illinois, in Mount Olive, and I don't remember remember how old I was, it's in my book, but my brain's not working very well today, Um, but anyway, so uh, a little boy showed up, uh, a spirit, and for a week he kept coming back every single day after school, you know, he was like he just knew I was all, I'd come home from school and there he'd be, you know. And so I basically finally got him talked into going on, um, and his mother met him. Um, It was really, it was my first crossing. I did had no clue what I was doing, Um, but it was like I almost, I didn't know the the procedure of how to cross him over, but it was almost like I knew what I needed to say to him to get him to cross over. And that's basically how I basically how i do it now i really don't use any tools um i i i feel when they're gone i feel when they're still present you know kind of thing so it doesn't really i don't need the tools i don't need like like uh, a crystal or or smudging or anything like that to get them to go over well children anyway adults are a whole different you know can of worms i think they're a little bit harder
0: to cross over than children are
1: they are and it's usually because they they have a, a reason why they don't want to cross over, um, which runs into the religious aspects of it. You know, like maybe they they thought they were a very sinful person and they didn't want to go and get the retribution from God for being a sinner. You know, kind of thing. And and a lot of them, you know, have communicated that to me. I, they're scared to cross. You know, they don't want to be somewhere they don't recognize or something they're not they're not familiar with. You know, so. Mm. What yeah. do you say to a person who believes they were so sinful the, that they don't want to face retribution? Well, I just usually remind them that they have family, you know, that are probably waiting for them, you know, and I uh, I just kind of bring the whole thing of home, you know, being comfortable with family, um, you know what I mean, making it feel warm and fuzzy, <laughs> you know. hmm so, so that they, you know, they can, they can just move on and not feel like they're going to be, you know, in purgatory or whatever, you know. Um, I am one that I really don't believe in hell. Uh, I do believe that hell, we live hell right here on earth. And um, <clears throat> I do believe that there are dark spirits and that there are demons. But demons, um, in my opinion, are very rare. Uh
2: mm-hmm.
1: A lot of people seem to think they're all over the place, but I—I I don't know. And in, in the probably what? Let's see, I'm 57 now, so uh, in the 50, let's say 50 years that I've been doing this, I have never run across a demon yet. That might be a very lucky thing. Um, yeah. Well, see, it's like it's like I've done, you know, over, Russ and I, my husband and I, we've done officially paranormal investigating for 34, uh, excuse me, 35 plus years. And I've only ran into a couple uh, dark spirits that really kind of gave me the creeps and I really didn't want to be around it. Um, But other than that, uh, nothing that I would honestly say I would consider to be a demon. Now, I have gone into places that have made me feel very, very uncomfortable um and i just left i i don't if i run into something like that i just don't deal with it um because why put yourself in that situation when you can feel the energy shift you know Uh i just don't i just don't put myself in a situation where i feel like i'm going to be attacked or possessed or you know whatever Right, which is very wise. Judy would completely agree with you there. We often say, nope, I don't know demons. I don't know how to deal with demons. I don't want to deal with demons. That's somebody else's. I have
0: come across them because I have come across them in a cemetery. Um, Hmm. I I even have some pictures of them that were taken. And uh, no, it was not the, the breath. It was not smoke. It was not anything like that. It was definitely... There is definite form to them. I mean, I call one a pig man. I call the other one a three-headed monster. You know, there's very, very specific forms to these uh, creatures that I got in this uh, cemetery. And as soon as I stepped out of the car, I had gotten bitten and pinched and everything else. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. You guys go ahead in the cemetery. I'm not going in there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've been I've been in those situations myself. I I don't like... Um, putting myself into situations where I feel uncomfortable because that means that they know what I can do, mm-hmm. and I don't want to run the 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 positive side of what I do with something dark and malicious, you know. So I also work. investigated a, a, a house
0: in um, Connecticut that actually has a very. Uh, mean, nasty, angry reverend that is still continues to stay in that house. He refuses to leave. I mean, the things he's done, i, I he knows where he's going, and he just won't go anywhere. He stays right there in the closet. Well, I don't, yeah. Have you ever come across that, SJ? I mean, I found, you know, when I'm investigating, I find many, many spirits that hide in the closets. <laughs> you know, and I, I always wonder, why is that? Why would they hide in the closet?
1: Well, you know, the only thing I can ever, I have ever been able to come up with that, because they've never answered my question, because I ask them, why are you hiding in a closet or an attic or a basement, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say just because they don't want to be around the living. Hmm. Um, they're afraid of us. <laughs> I mean, they can see us just as well as... But we can't see them, you know. I mean, I can see them sometimes. I, I could see them. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, not so much now as I'm that I'm older because I've actually requested that I not see them. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because when I was very young, uh, when this all started, <clears throat> I people would come to me in their death form. Um, I guess to show me how they died. I don't know. But it was very disturbing for a six or seven year old kid to see somebody mm-hmm. with their their head half blown off from a shotgun shell, or 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 their body all all ripped up from a car accident. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't wasn't a pretty thing. And so I just said, okay, I don't know who deals with these people, <laughs> but please, you know, don't I don't want to see them anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. see them anymore. And a- after a short, I don't know, maybe a year or two, that stopped. And I was able more to sen- uh, feel the sensation of them than than see them. You know, every once in a while I see them now, but I mean, I don't really want to, <laughs> especially when they come around the corner and you don't expect it. That's kind of like ah, <laughs> you know, you're. Ah. It's not the fear factor. It's the it's the shock and awe thing, you know, or you. Know. Yeah, you need an early warning system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But all you, know they want what to have
0: you a, do, you yeah, take one no, of those. You know. I had purchased a motion uh, detector mm-hmm. that sends off an alarm, and believe me, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. It's loud as hell, but it works. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and and I I took that in that location in Windsor, and uh, yeah, it worked quite well in there. You right. know.
1: Yeah. But mm-hmm. it it, yeah. it makes you jump like a hundred feet in the air when you hear it go off. Yeah, because you're going, okay, I know nobody else is here. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it
0: goes off when you're least expecting it. You know, when you're yeah. sitting there watching the thing, wanting it to go off, it doesn't go off. It goes off like the minute you maybe turn your back, walk out of the room, the
1: thing will go off. It'll scare Absolutely. the Jesus out of you. And there that, you uh, go.
0: Well, <laughs> the watch my pot, pot never boils. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, my husband and I have always, have always have come to the conclusion after all these years that ghosts have a sense of humor, and if yeah, they, they do, and if they want, you know, if, when you want them to do something, they're they're not going to do it. It's kind of like if you meet somebody and you say, "Hey, you're going to do this? Are you going to do it? No, because <coughs> somebody's trying to tell you how, what to do, and that mm-hmm. just doesn't work for most people. Well, ghosts are kind of the same, you know they. You tell them, oh, I want you to uh, knock on the wall or I want you to move a chair or or close the door or whatever. They're not going to do it. They're going to do it. As soon as you turn your back, that's when they're going to do it. And you're going to hear it, but you're not going to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: while while we're saying that, I just want to let you know, SJ, that if I all of a sudden, like, drop off the phone, I didn't go anywhere. It's because somebody hung up on me.
1: They do that often. During my oh, show, okay. they like
0: hang the phone up on
1: me. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I call right back, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you said that you wanted to know why I wrote that book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the main reason I wrote that book is because I went through so much from the time I was five until I was about 21 in my life with deaths in my family and, and and horrible deaths. My my grandfather on my dad's side um uh, died in an explosion.
3: Oh my no. other grandpa
1: died of a heart attack within three months after the first grandpa, you know. Um, I lost like I said, I lost all my grandparents in a very short matter of fact time. And then I ended up marrying and uh marrying getting married very young at the age of i was I just turned eighteen and got married to this guy who was very abusive and you know beat me up and all kinds of stuff and i I wanted to heal more myself than than actually put the book out, but I figured well, maybe somebody that reads this book is going to be able to heal themselves by situations that they have been in, and they don't know how to get through it and maybe this book will help them, you know. I'm always for trying to help somebody, and, and I that book was my way of trying to help heal people. And also, it was to help other children <clears throat> that were psychic. you know, how to get through certain situations. So that was my reasoning for it. <laughs> mm. How old were you, um, SJ, when... Could finally share what was happening to you with someone who could say, "No, you're, you know, you're not cursed and you're not evil," and someone who could kind of take your hand and and help you with what was happening. Well, you know, I think the first person that I ever talked to about it was my oldest sister, um, and the reason was because, I mean, I think she was the one that knew prior to. Um, you know, later in my teen years, I think she knew probably what I was about, (coughs) excuse me, about 14, uh, because, no, it was before my grandfather died, and when he died, he came to see us, and she's the one that saw him first, and then woke Mm -hmm. me up, and then he was there. Um, He came to us the the night he died, which was Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve, by the way. And so, yeah, which really sucked, you can imagine. Um, Oh, yeah. But uh, I think she knew before, even before that. Um, my sister was very sensitive, too. I think it runs in our family. Um, I know that my grandmother had some kind of abilities and my mother, too, but my mother mm-hmm. would never admit to it. Um, oh. Yeah, and my, now, you know, I can't say, you know, I really screwed up there because my, my grandmother, my, my mom's mom, um, didn't die until, uh God, uh, I think I was a f- going into high school
3: mm-hmm.
2: and
1: which was I think what 13 or 14, well 14 maybe. And she died of cancer. And but before before she got really bad, we we sat we sat down and talked a couple times about you know, things that I was seeing and things cuz she believed me, you know. And so that was really important that somebody actually believed, you know. That I wasn't a nutcase, <laughs> you know. Of course, my, grandma, <laughs> my my grandmother was not very religious or anything, so I picked her to talk to her about it because I knew that she wouldn't judge me because of you know the religious factor of it. So. Mhm. So yeah, but you know, <laughs> my sister, I my oldest sister, I uh, actually went to spend the night with her one time. This is long after. I mean, this is when Russ and I uh, were together. And <laughs> we went to her house, because she ha- she owned an antique store, and she said, she said, you know, the weirdest stuff is going on in my house. I said, Let, you know, tell me what. And she said, well, you know, the pictures keep moving. The, uh, what is that thing called? A Victrola. you know, the, the kind of record player that she had to wind up, you know. Mm-hmm. She had brought it home to fix it, and she said ever since she fixed it, now the dumb thing plays by itself, and so I said, oh. "Well." She said, "Well." I'll I said, "Well, I'll come down and you know come down and see what I can figure out, you know." And and so I went down there and <coughs> spent the night with her, and it was the funniest thing. The house was cold all night. I mean, there was like two spirits there. There was a man in like a brown kind of pinstripe suit. Um, mm-hmm. I would say probably 1940s era. Um, there was a woman from the 1920s era. She was in a photo in a a photograph that was hanging on my sister's wall. And she was wearing, like, a white flapper kind of dress, you know? hmm And I said, you know, that lady is in your house. She said, you know, it's really bizarre you said that. She said, because that Victrola that I've been telling you about, she said it belonged to her. So, hmm. yeah, maybe, you know, she decided to hang out and listen to her records or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But oh,
1: you know the weirdest yes, thing that happened. Weirdest thing that happened that night was I was laying on the couch and sleeping. And the next morning, my sister gets up and she taps me on the foot because I was still asleep, and she goes, "What's the what's the big gag?" And I said, "What are you talking about? I said, I'm just sleeping." Are <laughs> <Is> you kidding? <laughs> and I get up and I she says, "Come here, I'm going to show you something." So I walk into the kitchen. The sugar bowl was on its side. There was like a little pile of sugar with a spoon stuck straight up and the up and down. I mean, like it had been really, there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Well, she said, did you do this? I said, I said, no, I didn't do this. <laughs> I said, I was sleeping. She said, oh, come on. I said, I didn't do it. <laughs> she said, well, <laughs> she said, somebody did. And I said, well, maybe they're just trying to let you know that they're here, you know. Don't freak mm-hmm. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to freak out sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Do you ever reach the point where it's just kind of casual, like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then you just go about your business when there's a new spirit in the area? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Every, wow. house, every house that I've ever lived in has always had a ghost in it. I mean, I don't know if it's because of me. It is, I'm haunted or or the house is haunted, but um, like this trailer that we live in now that we bought um it's a single wide trailer, but it's you know, and we're we're slowly fixing it up well one day i'm I'm standing in my living room, and you can see from the living room all the way down the hall, and I see this old woman stick her head around the ba- you know from come out of the bathroom, stick her head out of the around the corner and it was she had kind of like uh pin curls you know in her hair
2: oh yeah and
1: with the kind of chubby cheeks, and she smiled at me and then disappeared. And I said, oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm so used money. to it,
1: it doesn't freak me out anymore. But I said, oh, and I told Russ, I said, well, we get company.
2: <laughs> hmm. I, said,
1: I mean, and he's sensitive, too, so, you know, what are you going to say? You know, we, we just, the paranormal is, like, so embedded in our life that we would never be able to get away from it. You know, because mm-hmm. we're now, addicted. Now, this your your first husband was abusive. That is not the husband you are with now. Right, my husband no. I with first uh, was a ju- was a jerk, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. And um, we were married three and a half years, and then I left him. Finally, got up the nerve and just left him. Right, and uh, well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he kind of he made it seem like he was sending me away. You know. Which I agreed to <laughs> totally okay, <laughs> i get on a I get on a bus one day, and this is in the book. I get on the bus one day and i i it starts to pull with my daughter, who's about three and a half years old, and the bus starts to pull out of the driveway, and I went I just kind of waved <laughs> Bye. Yeah. and I haven't seen him again since since uh, the only time I saw him was at our divorce that was it, okay. and my husband so. now. My husband now is like, you know, the difference between night and day in the first marriage, you know. Russ is just an awesome guy, and he's, everybody likes him. I mean, he's just one of those guys that everybody likes, you know. <laughs> so, oh, well, we're very happy for you. And you and and Russ do investigations together. Yes. 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 When did that well, start? when we had our team, we split up because um, we don't really like to investigate together because, if he gets, on, if he picks up on something, I want to do it separately from him and try and pick up. Sure. The same, you know what I mean? Right. So, I, I yeah. totally get that. I'm the same way. Okay, uh, but you both do investigations. Um, okay. Was he involved in the paranormal before you met him? Well, you know the really bizarre thing about that is we, our lives kind of really, you know, flow right along. You know, as as far as things happening. Um, when he was about the same age, I think he was like six or seven, though, he had, he also had double pneumonia and had a a after he came home from the hospital experience where a man came in his room, had no idea who this guy was, sat down on his bed, was talking to him for about an hour, and then got up and left. Well, his mom and grandma were sitting out in the living room, um, which is kind of a combined dining room area, you know, and mm-hmm. they were sitting at the table. And so he comes out to get a drink of water and they asked him who he was talking to and he kind of looked at him like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> you didn't see the guy come out of the room, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, he happens to glance up at the wall and there's there's these pictures on the wall of, and the same guy is in this picture. And he's wearing a leather jacket, kind of the 1950s look with a leather jacket, the white t-shirt, the kind of slick back hair kind of thing. Um, and... He was wearing the same thing, Russ said. And come to find out, this guy's name was, they called him Junebug. Because he's from the South. Russ's from the South. So.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So they called this guy Junebug. Well, he ended up getting killed on a, on a railroad, in a car accident, I believe. Um, and a train hit him. Mm hmm. Oh. Died. Well, and he died three years before Russ was born. Oh, Okay. Yeah. But he so. he came to visit Russ and uh-huh. and uh yeah. wow. Now um SJ I read your book and I, I absolutely I was moved by your description of your near death experience and um the woman, maybe your spirit guide who, who came to you at that time to soothe you. Could you could you share that with our listening audience? Because that, that just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Um well, like I said, I had double pneumonia. They put me in the hospital, my the doctor I kinda you know you how you kinda hear things a little bit but you're not sure exactly what people are saying, it's kind of a mumble.
2: Mm-hmm. But I could hear
1: him talking to my my parents and I don't remember if I see I wrote this book a year ago, so once I write a book it's like out of my head. <laughs> so, oh no. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um so basically I kinda heard them talking about that it was going to be like a 50-50 chance whether I made it to the night because my lungs were so, I mean, ill. You know, they they were mm-hmm. sick. And, and so I'm laying there, and all of a sudden I, I couldn't breathe. You know, it was like I felt like something was sitting on my chest, like an elephant was sitting on my chest, you know. And so I kind of tried to sit up. I couldn't sit up. Um, and I was under an oxygen tent, and a lot of people may not know what that is, uh, younger people. <laughs> but it's where they used to put the the whole tarp like or plastic-like thing over the bed and the oxygen would just flow <coughs> within that space. And so I'm laying there and all of a sudden everything just went kind of black. And the next thing I, well, actually what happened was I saw this woman out of the corner of my eye because I couldn't really move too much. I'm kind of getting this twisted around because it's like I said it's been a year since I wrote that. I've been trying to forget about
2: it. Okay. That.
1: But I saw like the uh, almost like an orb like thing come into the room. At first I thought it was a flashlight because the room was so dimly lit. I thought maybe the nurse was using the flashlight to check on me, I, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I see this this thing, this light starts growing and growing. It's kind of a purplish, not purple but lavender color. Um, kind of with a golden tint to it, if that makes any sense.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, and then I saw a woman standing next to my bed through the, you know, the plastic of the auction tent. And the next thing I know is, is everything went dark, and then I'm standing. All of a sudden, I'm standing next to her by the bed, and I'm looking at myself laying on the bed, and. You know, it was probably maybe just a fraction of a second. It happened so quick. But mm-hmm. it, it took me up, you know, and then I went through this tunnel like people talk about. Um, it was really dark, and then all of a sudden it was really bright. And then we, we enter into this place where there's buildings and and landscape, you know, the most beautiful landscaped um grounds you've ever seen in your life the colors were vibrant luminous you know like they almost shined every mm-hmm. every little petal would it had its own light it was very weird and i walked with her um and we ended up i'm kind of shortening it a little bit i'm sorry but <laughs> we ended up in this in this building where there's a man sit, an older man sitting on like a bench and i'm um I walked up, and he put me on his knee, and we talked, and, you know, I don't really remember what was said, and I I think I said that in the book, Mm -hmm. Um, but he did tell me, but the feeling of what I got from him was God. Like, the love was so overwhelming, I can't even tell you in words. I can't describe that, and I I don't think I'll ever be able to describe that, and he told me that I had to go back, and so mm-hmm. basically it, the conversation I think probably went on for quite some time. But mm. but he told but it seemed like just a blink of an eye, you know? Sure. And then I remember getting back, uh, or going back and and the woman took me back through this it was like a tunnel, but it was kind of weird. It was almost like being born again. I can't explain that, but mm-hmm. it's true. <laughs> And I'm I'm plunked back into my body, and I and immediately I'm in pain. Oh. And this this woman puts her hand on my chest, or one hand on my chest, one hand over my eyes, um, and she healed me. She healed my body, so that I wow, could, my, soul, my soul could live within it again. You know, it was probably it's one thing that it took me a while. For a long time, I didn't remember what happened, you know. I didn't know that I had gone to, you know, to heaven or the other side or another dimension or whatever you want to call it. Um, I didn't know, you know. Mm -hmm. But all the people that I saw in this place were in form, like a person, but almost like a glowing energy, or luminous energy, and they all were like wearing clothes, but not really. Cl- it was like the clothes were part of them. I-, I can't describe that any better than that. It wasn't. It wasn't like they were draped like what we were.
2: Mm-hmm. but
1: but the clothes were. I mean, I wish I could explain that better, but there's just no words to describe how beautiful it was there. So, I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, if I if, when, when the time comes. I won't be afraid where I'm going. Yeah. Now this this woman who healed you, did you ever see her again? Oh, several times, yes. Mm. How um, does she come to you? I mean, in times of need or?
0: Usually does, during what, what?
1: times of of stress or um. Oh, like for instance, we had a, a car accident, and we were in Montana. It was in, right outside of Hardin, Montana. And our we had we were driving back to Illinois to visit my family. Um, I was with my mom and and my sisters and brother. And the uh, steering locked on the on the van, and we went off the road and and we flipped over and over. And my oldest sister flew out the front windshield, got hit in the head with this, this wooden bench that was in the van. And I ended up. Um, Kind of underneath my brother, I guess. I don't know how that happened, but mm-hmm. I ended up underneath him and with glass all over me. My sister, same thing. I mean, she ended up kind of wedged down into the into the floorboard of the van. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and uh, so when I when they got okay, they, what happened was my sister woke my mom up because she'd been knocked out. Um, so they got out. You know, my mom got out of the van. Then she woke my brother up because he was kind of on top of both me and my other sister. And mm-hmm. uh, then he got out. And then once they did that, they got my other sister out. And then they find. Then they woke me up. Uh, but when I woke up, I saw that same woman mm-hmm. standing kind of behind my brother. You know, over, like over his shoulder, I could see see her. And. She just smiled at me and then left. So every time that we had something like that happen, like it was an accident or, or, I like I had to go to the emergency room. You know how kids go to have to go to the emergency room, get stitches sure. for doing stupid stuff. You know. <laughs> um, I saw her one one time when I went to the emergency room. I had to have my eyes sewn up uh, because I was jumping on the bed and hit the. Uh, the end of the bed, you know, the bed frame. Mm-hmm. I knocked my butt out. <laughs> oh <laughs> <And yeah. laughs> So I had to have stitches in my in my eye. I still have a scar from it actually. Um, you know? and she's standing in between the doctor and the nurse, right? Well, then I kind of went kind of went out, I guess, a little bit. And when I closed my eyes back up, because I didn't want to watch him sewing up my eyes, so I closed my eyes and when I woke back up, there she was, and she smiled at me again and just kind of left, you know. It's like she just, she's always there to watch over me, you know, and protect mm-hmm. me. Because I've been in many situations where I should have probably died, and I didn't. And she's been there for you, so she yeah, she always, almost yeah. sounds like a guardian angel. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was I think about she is. That. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what, when I when, uh, when I was younger, I, for some reason the name Helen came to me, or Ellen, mm-hmm. and that's what I called her. You know, because I knew who I was talking to when I wanted, um, when I was wanting something, you know, or wanting to know something. And I said, "Oh, so Helen," you know, da da da, da or whatever. And then, as I got older, one okay, once Russ and I were together, this is this didn't happen not too long ago. Matter of fact, uh, I was probably oh. You know, Maybe fifteen, twenty, about fifteen years ago, I guess now. Um, I had a dream of the same woman, and she came to me in this dream. Um, actually, I end. I was standing on a street corner, and a, a young man came up, walked up to me, and said, and asked me my name. And I said, you know. He said, well, you come with me because, you know, there's somebody who needs to see you. So I walked with him down the sidewalk, and I, I walk into this building, and in this in this room. It was like a warehouse kind of room, really huge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sitting in the middle of this room was this woman, and she was sitting on like the chaise lounge kind of couch.
2: Okay. And
1: she was wearing this golden uh, gown, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, so are you, am I calling you by the right name? You know, I, there were certain things I wanted to know. And she said, no. She said, my name is actually Ishtani. She was uh, not Native American Indian, but India, you know, from India. Okay. She had long, dark hair, you know, and the whole thing. And so she said, "Um, you wanted to know in your mind, you wanted to know what, if the afterlife is real, you know. And she said, Obviously, you should know that, since of all the experiences that we've been through together. <laughs>
0: ah, <laughs> and Chastised I said, well, you a
1: little, huh?" <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I said, "Well, yes, I do, but it's something I need to know for sure." Mm-hmm. So she said, "Okay." I said, "So are ghosts real?" And she said, "You mean, okay?" Right behind her was this big picture window. It was blacked out. Okay. The only thing, it was like like looking at a TV that's turned off, a flat okay. screen TV that's turned off. Um, I can describe it now since we have flat screen TVs. But <laughs> anyway, um, it was it looked like that kind of like a window, but you know, blacked out. And I and she said, "You mean like this?" And she kind of pointed at the window, and all these faces showed up in the window, thousands of faces. Wow. And I said, "Yeah, I guess that answers my question." And then I woke up. Wow. Yeah, I had
0: a uh, dream one night, and I was telling Heather about it. I had gone to sleep, and all of a sudden I ended up in this big, beautiful church building. Everything was glowing bright and white. The trim was gold. I mean, everybody was beautiful. The music was beautiful. And Mm -hmm. this lady came up to me, and she put her arm around me, and she smiled. Yeah, and she was just like like you said all the love was there and everything and this didn't happen too long ago. This happened like, what, about a month and a half ago, I think. And mm-hmm. uh she's like leading me out the door and I'm like, I don't wanna go she says, You have to go back and I'm like, I don't want to go back <laughs> to yeah. stay here. Yeah. You know? I didn't yeah. want to come back so I mean I don't know what happened if I might have died that night but the next day I woke up I was sick.
1: For some actually, reason. I, yeah, actually I think what happened to you is you probably just did a astral travel kind of thing. Your spirit went back home.
0: Well, yeah. I've astral
1: projected before, and I never went anywhere such a beautiful as that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's nice <laughs> oh, to know tell me about waiting it. I... for you, though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and there's no words because we can't describe things like that in our own language, you know, in words. Mm-hmm. There is no description of how beautiful this place is. It's... There isn't. There isn't.
0: I mean, I wish my grandma and grandpa could come back and tell me. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it looks like, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, Russ has had his own experiences with the crossing over thing because he had, was in an accident in 2011, and, and he says he knows he died. And he went to uh, the other side, but in his other side it was his grandmother's house, okay?
2: Okay. And
1: she met him, and they talked. She said He said, but he don't remember what they talked about. He said, but all, he does remember her saying, "You have to go back." And he said he didn't want to, you know. Right. But she took him back to this doorway, and he was—he woke up inside the truck upside down because he was hooked in the seatbelt. Mm. Yeah. And he broke his back and everything else in that accident, and his—and he ripped open his knee really bad. And oh, he's laying there. He underneath the seatbelt. He falls through the through the cab of the pickup truck because. It was all twisted, so mm-hmm. he kind of fell down towards the passenger side, and a hand comes, to, a hand and arm comes through the broken window in the back, and says, "Come with me," you know, oh. and and so he grabs the hand, pulls him out. He's by him, so he says, "I," he was by himself, and oh. he was walking back towards the road, away from the accident, and he said that. Then, as soon as this woman that lived across the street had come across the street and reached out for him to help him, Mm -hmm. he collapsed. He said he felt like he was being being held up. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of we've been through some weird stuff in in our lives. (laughs) Thousands of investigations um, over uh, over across the country. You know, because we lived in a lot of states.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: right, we're, we're a little nomadic, I guess you might say. We love to travel, and uh, so we've lived in a lot of places, investigated a lot of places, um, had numerous bizarre encounters with ghosts, mm-hmm. and you know, um, how can you not be so? Pa- how can you not be passionate about something that has been part of your life all your life? Yes, and yeah. the two have found each other to share it. Yeah, we met that on a Greyhound sounds. bus. I stepped on his foot. Oh, you have a cute meeting story. <laughs> yes, <Did> you yes. <laughs> I was I was taking my daughter to the restroom, which was in the back of the bus. Of course, mm-hmm. he was sitting. In, he was sitting in the last seat. You know, like in Greyhounds, they have those the last seat that's got three seats in it. Yes, he was, he was sitting right next to the doorway. I was fine going in. Of course, he was staring at me the whole time I was going in. It made me very nervous. Oh! When, I, when we brought the daughter out, you know, I, I let her go first, and then I came out, and that's when I stepped on his foot. I said, oh, I'm sorry, didn't you step on your foot? He goes, that's okay. You can step on my foot any time. Oh, my. <laughs> and, and then too. That was the next day after I left my first husband. Oh, my goodness. And he was yeah. on the
0: Greyhound bus waiting for you.
1: Yeah. He was yeah. he was put there. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Well we've been married thirty five well, a little over thirty five years now, so mhm. Well, that's another wonderful story. So yeah. you guys, thousands of investigations together, a lifetime together. Uh-huh. Um, that's just and it is is that the basis for your next book? What's coming out? Yeah. Actually, um, I can't, now, you can You can only imagine, I can't remember every investigation that we did
2: mm-hmm. over the years.
1: Because, you know, a lot of times we do them during the day. And that's one thing a lot of people don't really get, is that you don't have to do investigations at night unless you're absolutely using, you know, night, night vision cameras or whatever, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we've done a lot of those, too. But <sighs> I am going to try and cover some of the mo- the ones that really stick out in my mind. Um, we've done, I mean, we lived in Florida, we lived in Georgia, we lived in Colorado. So i kind of trying to touch touch on at least one or two from each state that we've lived in, you know, or
2: mm-hmm. places
1: we, other states that we've traveled to, you know, that kind of thing. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, it's my grandchildren, I have three granddaughters, and the middle one is already interested in doing... Uh, investigations, so.
2: Mhm.
1: Oh, it's and running in the family. There, I think it's
0: just yes. yes.
1: it's a lot of curiosity
0: with them. Mhm. You know, it is. Uh, this is. My my friend's daughter, uh, she was young at the time. She was like maybe nine or ten years old, and mm-hmm. her mom says, "Well, would you mind taking her out on an investigation?" I says, "I usually don't take kids out." I said, "But I tell you what." I will take her out during the day if you go with us.
3: Right.
1: Right. <laughs> so yeah, they both went with us so we had a good afternoon stuff for lunch and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my granddaughter says, Nana, when are you gonna take me on an investigation? When you grow up <laughs> mm. <laughs> I said, I am not gonna be responsible for anything happening to you. You know And does she say, But grandma, you were five when you saw spirits for the oh. first time? Oh, yeah, and that's another thing. My granddaughters, um, at least I know, well, the, the oldest one, she's kind of a chicken. She don't like clowns. She don't like dolls. She don't like this. She don't like that, you know. So I just, I, and I said, well, you want to go ghost hunting with us? No. <laughs> okay. She's very adamant. I won't have to
0: worry it. about her coming here then because I have a doll, an Emmett Kelly, the doll, and, and that's time to do <laughs> oh. that yeah. And I also have uh, a bunch of spirited dolls, and one of them changes her face all the
1: time—the position of her face. You know, I'm not a real doll fan anymore. I'm going to tell you right now. I've had the creepiest experiences with dolls, and I just—I'm mm, not a real big fan of them myself. <laughs> but, um, and then my middle—my middle granddaughter. Um, her name is Madison, and she's the—she's going to be the ghost hunter. She will be. She's very brave, very curious, very smart. And mm. I've been training her the right way. She's also uh, very sensitive. She Good. sees things, things hears things. And I've been training her for that, too. Um, the young one, the youngest one, uh, I'm not sure yet whether she's going to be brave enough to do it, but she's definitely got abilities. Hmm. So. And they have they have a grandma and grandpa, who do yeah. this. now. How about yeah. your daughter? How does she feel about all this? Oh, she's into it. She just won't go. Oh, to she it. is. Oh, yeah. I <laughs>
0: believe I believe, but I'll read about it from over here.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of how she is. I mean, she, but she doesn't mind, me, you know. Russ and I taking the kids to someplace during the day, you know, mm-hmm. and if. If I do, I usually, you know, I do the whole blessing thing. I make sure that they're protected. Um, sure. Yeah, you know the whole thing that you go through, and they they've never had any problems. But I'm a little leery about taking them on night investigations because thing such weird things can happen. You know, I mean, you run into a run into something, step through a floor. You know what I mean? And it, it, can, yeah. it can get kind of can get kind of weird, and I don't want them to get hurt, so. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I can tell you a
0: story. What happened, and I I never figured in my life any spirits would ever leave this place. Uh, my ex and I we took my daughter and her older son, who was three at the time, and the baby with us. And the baby was about eight nine months old. We went to Salem Mass. Now, what are the chances of a spirit going home with you from Salem Mass? Usually, none. <laughs> Yeah, So we went on one of those ghost tours at night, and, of course, there's other people with kids there. And uh, the woman says to me, she goes, there's a little boy that likes to play amongst these trees. So here I'm shooting pictures. Lo and behold, I get this little boy standing by the tree, like, looking out, and he's got (laughs) a striped shirt on, blonde hair, glasses, jeans, you know, sneakers. Uh He's just looking out. And so I get a picture of him, and I'm like, now, okay, I'm curious. Now I'm looking at everybody else's child in their face to see if this is who it could be, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. No child like that. So a few days go by, and we're at the house, and I'm on the computer, and my grandson wakes up from his nap, and he runs up, and he picks this little picture up like a little school picture, and he says, Mama, who's this? And I says, gee, Gregory, I don't know. So I'm looking at the picture, and I went in, and I said to my ex, I said, honey, I says, do you know who this little boy is? You know, maybe he went to school with your kids. He says, I've never seen him before in my life. Huh. So now I take the school picture and take the little boy's picture, and I send it out for evaluation.
3: Okay.
2: Same little boy.
0: The little boy lived in Lowell, Mass. His real name is Taj Narbonne.
2: Well, we oh, wow. called him Joey.
0: He doesn't like his name Taj. Never did. He disappeared at the age of 10 years old after an argument with his stepfather, who is now in a mental institution. Uh uh-huh. So Joey has been with me now for 10 years.
1: Yeah, that's a long time.
0: He passed. I passed him over, and then we picked up another little girl, Sarah, from our Bristol house,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I passed her over with the understanding that they could come back and visit, which they really right. haven't. is good because I have nothing missing. Watch, because I said that tonight, my keys are soundable missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know, but it's like,
0: who figured? And usually, you know... I I say a prayer of protection entering the cemetery and leaving the cemetery and telling everybody they have to stay there because there's no room at my inn. Mhm. You know, and I never figured well, spirits in Salem they're just
1: not gonna follow you home. <laughs> I got a, a little, I I got a story for you guys. Okay, hey, good this was just recent now because Russ and I um Russ and I run Haunted Quest USA um dash Haunted Reviews. We go out right. and we we travel around, we find haunted places and we kind of review them a little bit, you know, for their haunted activity. Um if it's a motel, you know, maybe talk a little bit about whether there was a good motel, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Well, mm-hmm.
1: we've been uh, recently we came back from um we went on a trip to Montana and Idaho, because I have family in Idaho, so we stopped in at, uh, you know, along the way. And But in Montana, <clears throat> we went to a ghost town. It's called Virginia City, just like the one in Nevada uh, that Ghost <laughs> Adventures went to and stuff. But a lot better, actually, I think. Um, it's not as touristy. <laughs> um, but uh, we went up to Boot Hill, where there are five uh, road agents, or this is what they called them, but they're actually, you know, robbers, you know, and they would hold up uh, stages and things like that and murder people. So they got hung all together in, in this building in Virginia City, and they were all buried up on what they called Boot Hill, and um, <clears throat> Russ was walking along, we were talking about the headstones and stuff, and he read off this name on this uh, headstone, It was called, and the guy's name was Boot Helm. And it was like the third Headstone in, or something like that. And he said, you know, everything was fine, you know, and then it, it, as we went to the other cemetery for the town, um, he said he started feeling kind of weird, you know. And so didn't think much of it, you know, because his back, you know, bothers him a lot, because still, since the accident. And so we got back in the truck, and we were getting ready to head out of Virginia City. And all of a sudden he goes, I feel weird. And I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Why don't you pull over and I'll drive?" And so he he said, "This is a, he, this is what he said." He said he didn't know how to pull over. His eyes he said his eyes were like he was looking through film, you know, like a, a like a clouded, you know, like they were clouded, mm-hmm. and he couldn't see very well. And he was like shaking his head and, and blinking his eyes, trying to get his eyes to adjust, and they wouldn't. Um, he said it was like it, he wasn't him for a minute you know so finally i got him to pull over and he pulls over we switch drivers you know i get in the driver's seat and all that and he sits, he's sitting over there and he goes god i'm just so tired and all of a sudden he just passes out and i said russ are you okay so i'm driving along and because i got traffic behind me and traffic coming towards me and, and then we ended up stopping because it was a construction site and you had to wait for the pilot car you know to kind of take you through Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I wake him up, and he wakes up, and he's his own. And right before he wakes up, though, his his whole body jolted, you know. And I looked over at him. I said, are you okay? And he wakes up, and he's Russ. Totally. Wow. I think that this boot helm guy, right, um, attached himself to Russ and was using his body, but didn't know how to drive. He never drove before. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And that. And that, that jolt that I saw, I think it was him leaving Russ's body. Could have been. Wow. Yeah. And aren't we glad that he decided to go back? Yeah. He, it was only, he said it was almost like, uh, or what I said was almost like uh, a rubber band, you know, it pulled him back, you know,
2: mm-hmm. to where
1: he was from. Like he couldn't go beyond a certain point and then pulled wow. him back was weird i would never seen anything like it and i mean i've had experiences like that where i felt like i was being spoken through you know Mm Mm-hmm. but nothing like that that was pretty weird (laughs) that was really weird i would say Yeah. yeah i mean i i mean we've had all kinds of i mean russ got attacked at a prison or an old prison one day when the investigation we were doing um it threw him up. Picked him up. Threw him against the wall, about three feet behind him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was. Was uh, is, was Russ all right? I mean, how did you get him out of there? <laughs> I didn't have to. He left on his own. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he went back to. Okay, they had like a gift shop area, gift shop area outside the. It's a museum now, so mm-hmm. they have a gift shop area, and he went back in there, and. Somebody came running up and said, hey, just got attacked. I said, what? So mm. cause I was on another team. We were in a totally different right. area. Right, And so I I go run to the gift shop, and I said, are you okay? And he showed me his coat. He had paint embedded into his coat. That's how hard he was <sighs> Oh, wow.
0: wow.
1: And what we think, and he had a bruise across his chest. We think mm-hmm. it was a guard, a guard that hit him. That, mm. like, he like what did a, it look like? He hit him with a nightstick. A nightstick. Yeah, That's what I thought when you said you thought a guard guard had done it. That was uh-huh. my first thought.
0: Oh, that is yeah. an angry,
1: angry guard. Yeah. Well, we what we did was sat there for about an hour trying to convince Russ that he had to go back in. You know, because mm-hmm. I knew if he didn't, he would never do it again. It was like you know, getting back on the horse. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, but that's still, that That must be tough to get back on that particular horse. Well, you know, up until that time, uh, Russ had always said, oh, they can't hurt you. Mm. That cha- that uh, convinced him that they can. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt that way once Judy set me straight on that right away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> she said, yes, <laughs> they can hurt
0: you. You don't fool around. And he said, yeah. okay, <laughs> I'll be that good. Yeah. um I've been talking I never, to before.
1: Yeah, I never said that they can't hurt you. I just said that they don't normally hurt you.
0: Mm. Um, yeah.
1: Unless you aggravate them and... Yeah. <laughs> He's talking in the background, sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. Come on on, Russ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call in, Russ. We don't mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a speakerphone. He could be on here with me if you wanted to. But, there you um, go. We got another radio show to do after this one, so... <laughs> um, Actually uh Russ and I run our own radio show too. It's a uh, it's a new one. We just started it. We've had actually three in the past.
3: But you mm-hmm. know, things would
1: come up and we'd have to stop for a while and so I just changed the name, you know. Well this one is called the Area Fifty Eight Cafe. And that's we have talk.
0: a Black Talk, I can't listen.
1: Huh? I, that's oh. Black
0: Talk I can't listen. The only way I can listen is if I call in.
1: She's been banned from blog talk due to issues that were before my time. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, the reason the reason I changed to that was because 58 is when Russell and I were born, 1958. And I uh, thought it was kind of funny, you know, Area 51, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Area 58, but, there we go. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, we call it the cafe because we talk about all kinds of things. It's like on a menu. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you can order. Well, on Sunday nights we have multi-topic night, which we'll talk about. And our saying is where the talk is real and no topic is taboo, you know. Nah. So we'll talk about just about anything. And if you don't like hearing swear words, don't listen to the show. Anyway. Uh, you are you are not uh, rated PG, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um and so, you know, we got that one on. We do that one on Sunday nights, and on Wednesday nights we do. It's a paranormal night. And last night we talked about what is a real paranormal investigator, and we went through a list of things that Russ. I mean, we've. I mean, we've been around a long time doing this, and I just think that I have a right to say what, you know, how, say you know how people are acting today is a bunch of crap, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I agree with you. Yeah, and so that's kind of what we covered last night. My main um, really sticky point about what goes on right now is when, because we've had to we've had to clean up a lot of people's messes because of this. Where they'll go oh. in, they'll do the investigation, and then the clients will never see them again. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. That's um, not right. Tyler, and that's so, what happened
0: in the other Heather's house. Uh, she had a group come in there, and I. There was plenty of activity in, in this house I lived in, S.J. in Windsor. Um, uh huh. I don't know what the hell was in that house, but all I know is I didn't like it. The girl uh, was actually obsessed with the thing, or I, I, she was like on the verge of being possessed. I expected yeah. her head to spin around at any <coughs> given time. any given time. There Mm -hmm. was just so much darkness within that house. I mean, it it was unreal. Um, Mm -hmm. She got involved with the state for her baby, and when the worker was there, we heard this big smash, like a chandelier falling out of a ceiling. Of course, there were none in this house. So we're wondering where the heck this shattered glass is coming from, you know, the shattering sound of glass. Right. And all of us took off running because the baby was in the bedroom in his playpen watching TV, and immediately we all tried to get up the small hallway <laughs> for the baby. Yeah. You know, and there was nothing there. He was just laughing and grinning and smiling, no broken glass anywhere, and, you know, it was like, wow. I mean, the worker even heard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Um, that freaked her out a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, she was like, "Oh my God, I hope the baby's okay." <laughs> but we found nothing. But I mean, it's
1: that house is that house is evil. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've I've been in houses that make you want, that are what I can what I put out as being toxic because mm-hmm. animals die, animals die in them. You know, people get sick. um... You know, the, their lives fall apart. Everything just seems to crumble underneath them. It's like the house just consumes them,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: and that, Well, that's... that's what, that house that I investigated in Windsor, Connecticut,
0: not the one that I was living in, but the, the other one with the reverend in it, I was literally consumed by that house. I had to have it. It was foreclosed on. It was up for sale. I wanted it. Yeah. I had to have it.
3: uh mm-hmm.
0: You know, and uh, thank God they didn't accept my offer for the house because I didn't offer them what they what they wanted, nowhere near what they wanted, because I knew what
1: was there. It was drawing you in. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then I found that it was empty again. And when I was living in Windsor, I found because it, it's right around the corner, it's empty again. People couldn't live in there. It's under foreclosure again. Now it's in a the houses around there go for somewhere around four hundred thousand dollars. This house is up for sale for fifty thousand dollars because nobody could live in it.
1: Yeah, see that would give me a little woo woo on the back of my neck and say I don't want it <laughs> No, you but know. see,
0: here I went again. Here I went again. I had to drive by it, I had to get out of the car and go look in the windows, I had to take pictures of it, you know, and it's like I want this house. What do I do? I call John Zaffis to see if he could help me get this house because I want to turn it into a haunted bed and breakfast.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That would be great. Yeah, well, it drew me right back in. Mm -hmm. Then John John Zaffis says to me, is it big enough I could put my museum in it? I says, well, yeah, but I don't think you want to. He says, why? Is it in a bad neighborhood? I'd have you live in it. It's like, oh, but no, I couldn't live in there with all your haunted items and what's in there because i wake up in the morning and everything would be dancing around and floating in the air and everything else. And oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that that's what, I mean, that, that show that we did last night, it was like, or, yeah, today's Thursday, right? Yeah. <laughs> last night um, was about being a real paranormal investigator. Well, the other thing that really bothers me is when a team will go in, and I'm I know a lot of paranormal investigators, as you can imagine, um, so when a, when a new team would go in and automatically start making claims of demonic presence, um, that kind of thing, that irritates the you-know-what out of me.
0: Oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. could imagine,
1: because it does the same
0: thing to me. I, I hate that, you know?
1: Yeah. Matter of fact, can, what? A, how can, if how I, can anybody you know, assume that, that it's demonic without even investigating it?
0: I don't know about you, but when I get a call and somebody tells me they have a demonic entity in their house, mm-hmm. I don't bother with it. I hand it off. Right. Go deal with it. I have well, plenty of people that you know I network out to it because I'm not going into a demonic situation.
1: Well, the situation. This is the problem. What's happening, you know? Yeah. This is the problem. Everybody watches too much damn TV. Okay? Oh, they sure do. And they automatically assume that it's demonic because they're having paranormal activity. Now, we that situation I was just talking about where a team went in, claimed that it was demonic and blah, 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 and the people were ready to move out of their house, okay? We went in. And did a thorough investigation and found nothing but it was a man who was, who had, it was like a murder suicide kit thing. He killed his family and then killed himself. But he wasn't demonic, he was just a ghost. Now, I have had situations where I've been scratched. Now, this is something I want to put out to you guys and see what you think, okay? Because I'm, I'm very kind of. This is the path I'm going down on it. <laughs> um, okay, if you look at your hand, okay, you have three fingers that sticks up, right? Yep. Your, your three middle fingers. Your pinky yep. and your thumb is, you know, down below.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: when you get scratched, how many scratches do normally do people claim demons have? Three. Three. Okay, what if? Um, this is just a what if for your listeners to to chew on. <laughs> what if it's just a regular ghost and they're trying to get your attention?
0: I don't think that a regular ghost would actually really scratch you. Yeah, they do. Trust well, me. See, I, I've I've been scratched by other things other than a regular ghost, so, you know.
1: Yeah. But I'm saying don't I don't want people to automatically assume that that is Right. right. a demon. But then then again it's
0: it's a lot of these T V shows, you know, I mean these new yeah. teams out there today. Well, this is what Ghost Adventurer says and this is what um what uh Tapp says and this is
1: what this one says and it's like, really? So that's when my eyes start rolling back in my head and I'm thinking, Oh my god <laughs> I know. I mean yeah. I
0: recently had uh Brian Cano on not too mm-hmm. long ago and I kinda busted him with that damn axe in the rectory thing, you
1: know? hmm. <laughs> the
0: haunted the haunted axe handle.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, i been like I said, and your listeners know now, I've been doing this since I was really young and basically I mean, I didn't really do investigations until I was in my teens, but it's still a very long time. And I have experienced probably every kind of experience except for demonic um, influence. You know, I've never mm-hmm. de- experienced anything like that. Thank God, you know. But um, I have, uh, I have known for a very long time that dark entities can. Be just as aggressive, just as uh, 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 what's the word uh, destructive, you know, mm-hmm. for people's lives um, as demons can. So
0: well, that you reverend know. caused a divorce in that family. Um, mm-hmm. The guy was working so hard in that house, and there's this one little dining room where I'm assuming that's where the slaves used
3: to eat was in
0: that little dining area and uh-huh. there was a fireplace in it, and there was a crack above the wall. Well, the more he fixed the crack, the bigger the crack got. Right. You know, um, he he tried to push me, and you know these older houses, when you go up the stairs, how steep they are, and at mm-hmm. the top of the stairs, the railing was like in the shape of an L, and the smaller part, he tried to push me over that smaller part. Had he Had he pushed me over, I would have broke my neck, hmm he pushed the he had choked me he pushed the real estate lady um she had a buyer for the house and upon their last walkthrough of the house she heard her name being called she turned around to look up the stairs and she got pushed down the stairs and she got a broken collarbone out of it and had a heart attack wow and now she's no longer a real estate lady you know, so, yeah, angry spirits, I believe, can hurt you just as well as demonic ones,
1: Kat, in yeah. that sense. Yes. You know? And they're more, actually more prevalent than demons because, okay, a lot of people don't realize this, but a demon will sit back and, you know, destroy you from the inside and everything around you slowly. Right. Because they want they, they want the pleasure of watching you be destroyed. Right, okay. the pain. They want your pain. They want your torment. Right. Now, a dark spirit will be immediate. If you move into a house that has paranormal activity and all of a sudden you're getting, you know, you're being terrorized, basically, um, that's probably a dark spirit.
2: Mm, interesting. That,
1: yeah, because the thing is is that Dark spirits want to destroy you just like, or they want to take over you just like a demon can, and they can, but the thing about dark spirits is you can eject them just like easier than you can a demon. Yep. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we've, <laughs> as you can imagine, we've we've been through several different types of investigations. Actually, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of like doing UFOs and stuff, too. We've gotten oh. into that. Oh, Oh, Recently. and we have a, a listener who is fascinated with UFOs. Tell me what kind of investigations you've been doing with UFOs. Well, not so much investigations as uh, as that Russ and I have had weird experiences. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we, we were We had gone down to Oregon and we were driving back on Highway 101, which is the coast road, Okay.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We get into Astoria, and in Astoria, there's a bridge that goes that takes you across the Columbia River into Washington. We had been that way ten times. You know, I mean, the same route, knew how we had to go, which road we had to turn on, all that stuff. Somehow, and we we don't know how this happened. Somehow, we ended up on way on down the way on up the coast um, in another little town that we'd never been to before. And we're driving back from this from this town, uh, right next to a lake, and don't know how we got there. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Were, were you missing time? I mean, how? Yeah, about an hour. Wow. And and we've had other you know other things happen. Like we lived in uh, in Burlington, and right above us, Russ was outside one day and. I don't know, he was working on the yard or something. And he looked up because he heard jets flying. Because he's really into airplanes and stuff. So he heard Mm -hmm. jets flying above and he looked up and they were circling something. So he ran in the house, got his binoculars, and looked up and saw this silver sphere that kind of looked like, uh, I don't know, kind of like the shape of a golf ball with all the little divots in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And he looks up and these jets are flying around this thing. Well, all of a sudden, it just hauled butt, and the jets took off and went back to the base. Really? Yeah, so, and, and wow. it was right above our, right above our house. Now, <laughs> that's that's weird. Another time, we're driving down I five, which is which is like if you come from Seattle, you're going to go north because that's where we live.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, driving
1: down, driving north on I five, get get to the point where you're coming down into Skagit Valley, which is valley we live in and there's this really bright light above the highway first we thought it was a helicopter you know like a news helicopter or
2: something mm-hmm.
1: so we just kind of watched it and it went across the highway kind of at a pretty good pace and went off and was hovering above a field off to the left hand side so we're watching it and i said russ take the take the exit because there was an exit coming up for conway this little town in the valley and i said let's let's see where it goes. Well, there was no noise, no helicopter noise um no no plane noise it was definitely wasn't a plane, definitely wasn't a helicopter, but this light was really bright, it was like kind of a white, and it would change colors a little bit, and mm-hmm. so we followed it, and the closer we'd get to it, the more it would move away. Mm-hmm. and that we we did that for about twenty minutes, and finally it just went- shot straight up, and we never saw it again. Wow. Wow! I, mean, so oh. I never report these things, but you know I've had several experiences. Well, we, we lived in Georgia, and I was picking my daughter up from work and driving back on the dirt road that we had to go to our house, and uh, right above the tree line, here comes this deer coming, running, zipping across the road in front of us, and this green streak of light right above the tree line. Hmm. Now whereabouts yeah. in Georgia were you living? Um, Dublin. Dublin, where's that? I have a brother right outside Savannah. That's why I'm asking. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's south. That's all I know. I couldn't Okay. <laughs>
0: well, it's right not
1: long ago, I love the Florida line. You know, the town mm. that I live in is an old mining town, and there's old mines up there that should be opening up
0: any time for to go in there and investigate and take pictures. and And oh, wow. uh, I was worried enough to take pictures of the outside of the mine. So I'm going up, and I'm just taking pictures of this this thing and that thing. Well, i got this circular bright orb-type thing in Uh one of my pictures. Right. So now I turn off, and I didn't think nothing of it. Turn off, and I'm going up the trail, which is like a little gravel road, but it's the snowmobile trail, and I shoot a picture of this... uh, one of the mining shafts, and this thing is, like, right going towards the mining shafts, so like, actually moved from point A to point B. And there's another author that has been, that's a friend of mine, that she has been abducted, like, three times, okay, by aliens, Uh and she writes blogs on this, and come to find out the same type, orc-shaped thing was in New
1: York City. (laughs)
2: Right, the seen in Brooklyn.
1: Day. Yeah, the next day. Yeah, they uh, they seem to be more prevalent now than they used to be, you know. Yeah. You hear more about them. I think maybe just more people are talking about them now. So, yep. Yeah.
0: Well, you like to do hotels and do reviews and stuff. Um, if you ever get up to Massachusetts, go to the Colonial Inn in Concord, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and rent out room 24 which used to be uh, the old operating room back during, uh, I believe it was the Civil War or the Revolutionary War, one of the wars anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I had gotten some great EVPs out of there. I bet. From the doctor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he he was like, you awake yet? And one (laughs) of them, he was going fishing. I said, okay, have a good time.
1: Mm (laughs) Wow. Well, mm. you know, um, I actually, I've been to New York one time, and that was when the, I was on the Montel Williams show. Oh, okay. Um, we had sent in a uh, video that we had captured in a uh, home in Seattle, um, of this weird vortex-like portal thing that opened up on the stairs and closed, and then it backed up, and it went through the, it went into the wall. It was weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I got to meet Sylvia Brown while I was there, Um, and that was a cool experience. I never got, I I wanted to go, um, you know, kind of uh, explore New York a little bit, but I didn't have the time, and that's the only time I ever, the, the farthest up I've been on the East Coast is New York, so. I've never mm-hmm. been up to like Massachusetts or Connecticut or Rhode Island or anything like that. I want to. Well,
0: <laughs> we got ghosts. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: sure you got them.
1: Yeah, we got them out here, but they're not as old as you guys'. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, not if they're yeah, European anyway. If you Connecticut, let me know. I'll give you places to go in Connecticut because that's where I'm
1: originally from. Ah, well, see, Russ mm-hmm. is in Florida, right? And his family lived in Pennsylvania and stuff, but we never got to go up there. I wish we would have. Went to Georgia a few times, you know, and lived there for, I don't know, it wasn't very long, probably about six months. And we did some things there, of course. You know, you can't get away from paranormal if you're a paranormal investigator. Mm, um, right? Yeah. And, uh, it sounds like spirits find you. <laughs> you don't have oh, to go looking do. for investigations. <laughs> yeah, people are really jealous of me because a lot of times they'll get apparition pictures when they they don't.
2: It's mm-hmm. because you know
1: I feel like they're you know I feel like they're in the room or something, and I just take a picture. You know, and
2: mm-hmm. sure. So
1: sometimes they'll show up in it. You know, sometimes they won't. But it's just uh, I get lucky sometimes. <laughs> Russ does too. I don't know. People say, "How do you guys get such great pictures?" Well, I don't know.
3: That's yeah, well, When yeah. I
1: lived in South Carolina, there's a uh,
0: old jail down there in Chester, South Carolina, and it's now the Historical Society. Well, I was having some activity at my house, and um, there was an old man that lived there that he told me he was going to do something one day. I said, okay, whatever, have a good time. And, you know, I heard my front door open in the foyer, my front door shut, nobody's coming in, nobody's going out. So I decided to go look up the history on the um, house and who owned the house and the woman, she gave me a free tour of the jail. Oh, nice. So I went up, and I was in one of the wings, i in the jail, and I went down to the very last cell. And uh, I didn't go in the cell, but I looked at her, I said, I feel like something's, like, choking me. Uh-huh. Somebody hung themselves in that in that cell.
1: Mm. Yeah, yep. you you get that uh, that same thing I do. Like um, when I'm in a place, if I get a pain in my chest or or a real sharp pain in my head or something like that, it's like I know it kind of gives me indication of how a person may have died. You know? Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. I try not to okay. label. I try not to label my abilities though, because that's that's
0: yeah. Um, it limits.
1: Labels are limiting.
0: Um, yes, there.
1: You know, if you're one thing, then, then somehow that's the only thing you are. I know you're leaving us early tonight, S.J., um, so why don't you give us a little bit about the book that you're going to have coming out, and mm-hmm. do you have any idea when we can expect it, and what's your topic of choice? Um, well, um, the book will be called Haunted 2, mm-hmm. Our, Paranorm- Our Paranormal Journey um it'll it'll take you through some of the investigations we've done um you know kind of our opinions about uh paranormal investigating in general and so on and so forth it'll be pretty big and it should be (laughs) i'm not guaranteeing this people but (laughs) it should be hopefully out by july okay so you're really working at this right now then not Uh. really that's the point no, it's no. going to take me till July. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was in the editor's hands or something. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I self-publish because I don't like the way the editors kind of take over your project, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I always self-publish from books. I actually have, uh, well, including, let's see, let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, I've got, four books out now and this this new one will be the fifth one okay tell us about your books okay um my first book was written with um a friend of mine uh ghost hunter dan norville okay it's an anthology of eight short stories or fiction um but they're all based kind of on experiences that we've had during uh paranormal investigations and things like that Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm
1: my second book is called The Asylum, Josiah's Pain. It's not a very long book, but it's kind of like a short story, basically. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's uh, about an 11-year-old boy who gets abandoned at an uh, almshouse, or what people now call mental asylums, but um, mm-hmm. it was a,
2: kind
1: of a poorhouse almshouse mental asylum. Yeah. And it was privately owned uh, by an a scru- a unscrupulous woman and her cronies. And mm-hmm. this is just a really good book, and I've had a million people tell me that it needs to be made into a movie. Ooh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, The third book, I kind of dabbled a little bit with vampires because vampires were big a couple years ago. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yes, yes, very big. (laughs) Yeah, so I dabbled in the vampire genre, which which was the hardest book I've ever had to write because I'm not into that stuff, you know? But Mm -hmm. my vampires do... They're different. They're not the twinkly kind that you see on Twilight. Um yep. <laughs> <laughs> They do blue. They do bloodletting, but they also have to. Um, the only way they survive is by drinking this potion that they discovered. Um. You, you know, a thousand years before, you know. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. ancient. They're an ancient family of vampires, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're called the Zangul. Their last name is called the Zangul. And there's, it's just a really, it's a good book. I mean, you guys, if you want to read it, it's called Dark Possession, A Vampire's Legend. Dark Possession, A Vampire's Legend. Okay, listeners, take notes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then, of course, my fifth book was Haunted. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, about my life. Um, from the age of about five until 21, and then that's about when I'm at Russell, so then that's where it starts out and goes from there. Wow. And so, where can okay. we find your books at? What? Where can we find your books at? All on Amazon. All on All Amazon. Like- mm-hmm. If you, okay, some of my books I put it, my whole name on, like the first two, I think, which is Sandra J. Wells, okay? Mm hmm. Um, I think the last two books I put S.J. Wells. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I, I will continue to put S.J. Wells on whatever books I write in the future because there's so many Sandra J's You wouldn't believe. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was a popular <laughs> name 58 years ago? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> oh. Uh, I mean, I got my name from American Bandstand. That's where I got my name. I, my grandmother used to watch American Bandstand. Oh. And there was a girl on there, by the name of Sandra, and she's blonde and, you know, all that stuff. And when I was born, I had blonde hair and all that stuff. So That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so, but let's see, uh, what else? Um, like I said, Russ and I run Haunted Quest USA, Haunted Reviews. We have a Facebook page under that name, if you guys want to check it out. Got okay, Haunted his- Quest USA. Um, Haunted Reviews. And if you go on the, page. Yeah, if you go on Facebook, uh, there's all kinds of photos and videos and everything on there that places we've been recently and in the past and all that. Um and then uh we got our 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 new radio show which is a what is it? <laughs> oh, my brain is not working. The Area the Area fifty eight <laughs> cafe, um, which is every Sunday and Wednesday night on Blog Talk. Sorry guys. Um which I'm looking, actually looking for a new venue because they just charge too much for what they give you. Um, and that's about it. We're, we're paranormal investigators. So if you guys ever get up to Washington, let me know because I'll take you some places that I know of up here. Wow. <laughs> you should come here to Michigan. I don't have no way of getting nowhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you never we
0: know.
2: I mean, we're we going go to be heading back to
1: Illinois <laughs> We're gonna try and get back to Illinois hopefully by September. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so maybe we'll, you know, kind of swing in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can drop we'll in. They're way up north, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby, the mine. But it sounds like there's lots of stuff in your area, Judy. So yeah. we'll yeah. we'll keep you guys going.
0: Mm-hmm. All righty,
1: do we have any questions in the chat room, folks?
0: No, because there's nobody in the chat room. Everybody.
1: Oh. Talking. Well, it's just us chickens then. Okay. I was very sorry that uh, Angel wasn't able to be with us tonight. Um, Is she still in the hospital? Do you know Judy?
0: I haven't heard if she got out or not. I would
1: Hmm. imagine so. Because SJ, she had a very similar experience of uh, becoming uh, sensitive and uh, a, a psychic medium per se, during a a uh, near death experience, so oh, okay. it's uh, I I really I had I had told her after I read her book that I hope she'd be able to join us. So yeah. Angel, I hope Thank you, you well. get to listen to this on the the down low, cause yeah, if she uh, if you talk to her, tell her that I wish her the best, and if she ever has any questions, to give me you know find me on mm. Facebook S J Wells. Okay, okay, yeah. alrighty, we will do that and. You said you had to leave early, so I don't know Can
0: what I time
1: gotta... you have to leave. It's already 9.36. <laughs> well, I still I still got about ten minutes so if you guys want to hang out. Okay. Stories, like, no, yeah, I'd love to hang out. Uh, do you have any favorite stories that, you know, are not in your books yet, but, you know, that people always want to hear? Oh, God. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's actually one, one place that we investigate. We've investigated up here. Um and we actually had an office in there at one point. Um it's called the Oxford Saloon. It's probably my favorite place to e- I've ever investigated because it's got like we've documented seven documented seven ghosts in that building. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's an old saloon and it had a brothel upstairs and uh it just had some really wicked history and there's a guy up there that that I have some recordings that it sounds like me and you talking, I mean that's how clear they are, oh wow, and He followed us around Russ and I the first time we investigated there, Russ and i um were the first ones to go up to the second floor, and when we got up there, both of us had that sunhouse feeling, you know, like you know like your head's kind of swimmy and and all that stuff, and it was I mean talk about being heavy, oh my God, the atmosphere was just oppressive, wow. And so we went up there, we were up there exactly according to our recorder, um 24 minutes and 29 seconds, okay? Mm-hmm. Um within that time, we've estimated, well according to what we've heard on the recording, we've estimated that we captured at least 22 to 24 EVP's in 24 minutes. Wow. wow. And it was all, it, it was there was like Let's see. There was the old man, there was two women, um, and another man that we captured on the EVPs up there. Um, mm-hmm. And the and the the last man, uh, which I call the mean man because he was a total jerk, um, was the one that kept telling us that we were going to die uh, to get out. That he kept knocking keys out of our hands, trying to that we were trying to open the doors, you know, with. Mm-hmm. Um, said that he he knocked the damn keys out of her hands, and that's what the EVP says, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, this this guy was real real bad, and yeah, uh, you know. And then we got I don't, a warning from a female, and you can hear a, a fight in the background. It, it's like she says somebody's watching you, or and I think it's a male voice, a male name, but I've never been able to make it out but mm-hmm. the, rest of the rest of the sentence says he's watching you or something like that and then right after that you hear what sounds like a gunshot and then you hear a woman scream and then oh you hear my. Man, and then you hear a man say you bitch wow. wow yeah i mean i've never heard anything like that ever any place that we've ever been like that no 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 and they that's... were and they were clear yeah
0: the, it's amazing me. how they could come across. You know, um, I even think about the Windsor House over there, and uh, I I got went down into the basement, and I, I just immediately hated the basement. Mm. And I got an EVP telling me to go to the basement. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh hell no, I'm not going down there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Yeah, when they tell you to go do something, then that's usually probably not something you want to do. Because well, see, that's
0: where, that's where, you know, in the olden days they had the wells in the basement.
1: Well, mm-hmm. now
3: hey,
0: the well is all covered over, everything's cement down there. Well, that's where he threw all the, the slaves, and the women and children were in the well down in the basement and even buried his own daughter down there. In the basement, and they're telling me to go in the basement. I'm like, no, I'm not
1: going down there because that fool closed the door and locked me in. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like those uh those undergr- those basement wells. I have ran across that in, in a few different places that we've investigated, and they're really creepy. It's almost like you have this feeling like something's going to crawl out. You know, like the that movie, The Grunge, or is it The Grunge? Or the ring. The grudge. The ring. The ring, the one where the girl crawls out of the TV and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see see one of those, I think of that movie. (laughs) Like, that girl's going to crawl out of that thing and get me. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) I don't like that. horrible. Yeah. (laughs) I just have this, this thing about certain aspects of the paranormal that I'm not real thrilled with. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. One of them is, like, um, my husband is probably scarier in the dark than any ghost I've ever run across. Oh, um, Really? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're investigating with Russ and he disappears on you,
2: mm-hmm. don't go,
1: do not go looking for him. <laughs> Just warning. Sure <the> <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We investigated this place in Spokane. It was a theater, and I was going to go investigate with him and and the guy he investigated with, because we were kind of done and we we're just standing around talking and stuff. I want to do some more stuff, so we went. I I said, well, hang on, wait for me. I just got to finish up with this lady because so I was talking to the manager, and they said, okay, we'll wait for you. So they took off and they went downstairs, and it was dark. I didn't have my flashlight so I had to kind of feel my way down the stairwell.
2: mhm hmm Russ,
1: Russ had taken off with my flashlight. <laughs> Brat. Yes. <laughs> I get to the bottom. I, I feel the bottom of the stairs, you know, and I just go to step off the stairwell, and there's a closet I didn't know about, right to the right-hand side of the bottom of the stairs. He reaches out, grabs my <gasps> arm. <heart>. I almost <was laughs> had a heart attack.
0: Yes. Am, oh,
1: wow.
0: <laughs> and and what only did you do with him, I, him
1: when you got him home? <laughs> Oh, I didn't wait till I got home. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't conk him upside the head with a broom or something. Oh, yeah. But I yeah. mean, you know,
0: as Jay, people don't understand when we go out there to investigate and, you know,
1: we get hit
0: or or pulled hair and, you know, our automatic reaction is to turn around and smack somebody.
1: Well, what are you going to smack? There's nothing there. Right. <laughs> Well, in Russ's case, there was something there to smack.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not
1: just, yeah, I'm just I hope saying it wasn't good. Russ, you know, because <laughs> they will tend to grab onto your arm or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about the basement well kind of thing. Well, matter of fact, this theater had this, uh, it, you, like you walk through this one door down there in the in the basement area, and it was like the furnace room and yep. right right at the base of the right in front of the furnace was this uh manhole it looked like a manhole cover, and it was yeah. kind of slid back it slid back a lot a little bit and in my third eye, I saw fingers coming out of that thing mm. wow, like some like it was a sewer and somebody had died down there or something um they had long it was the creepiest fingers I ever saw in my mind, you know um yep. like nails. You know, dark nails, and it was kind of reminding me of that movie. Like I said, and and I said I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to go down the hall. Right, <laughs> Russell? What's wrong with you? I said I'll tell you later.
2: <laughs>
1: hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm a paranormal investigator, and I'm a and I'm a you know I have abilities and things, but I sure as heck don't like creepy places. I'm I'm a chicken at heart. <laughs> I
0: don't like creepy places either.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, and that's kind of crazy since we're paranormal investigators.
0: (laughs) Well, well, one night I walked outside my door to go take the dog out, right? uh And we had the motion sensor lights. So the one at the end of the hallway was turned off by my neighbor. He's just a lovely person. Mm -hmm. And um, now I have to go down a flight of stairs. So I go out there and I automatically get this freaky feeling. Because there's mm-hmm. a guy that walks back and forth here and goes up and down the stairs.
2: Because mm. I don't
0: know what this building used to be, I get a feeling that my apartment used to be some kind of a brothel or something. Oh wow! So I'm hoping that I can turn the light on before I get pushed down the stairs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I go outside and the whole, all the street lights in the front of the building were off. The only oh, wow. light that was on was the hotel front light across the street, the Mather Inn, uh-huh. and I just felt like I was being followed by someone, and when I turned the corner to go through the
1: little parking, the parking lot, lot
0: and got into the into the light out back, it disappeared.
1: Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Uh. I mean, it's even freaky in my own house at night. Like, if I yeah. go to bed and shut off all the lights, and then I have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, it's like, I'm always oh, yeah.
1: looking. <laughs> I swear, the older I get, the more I have to get up in the middle of the night to go pee. is that know. the truth? Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, that whole Judy and I mess. were at an auction one night, and we know the
0: auctioneer very well. I stood up to go to the bathroom, yelled, where do you think you're going?
1: Sit down. And I said, uh-uh, it's bladder like a girl. I have to be careful how much I drink before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, age does have its uh, ins and outs, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it, yes does. it does. That whole menopause thing, this is not cool. <laughs> <That> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> One oh. minute you're,
0: next minute you're, you want to jump in a freezer...
1: Nope, nope, nope. This is a GP rated family show, but I got to tell you I've never had better sex since that happened. So, okay. Oh, hey, yeah, you fine. guys can complain all you want. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, yeah, until the end when things kind of dry up and
0: <laughs> Nope.
1: Nope. That's okay. They they make tubes of stuff for that. <laughs> yes, they do, don't they? Oh, they do. <laughs> well, ladies right. Uh... I have had a really good time on your show. I appreciate you having me. Well, oh, no we're problem. so glad anytime that you and came you're welcome back,
0: Anytime you want to come back.
1: And yep, and we're looking forward to your book. Let us know so we can pass it on to your listeners. I definitely will do that. I'll uh, send you a link to it once I get it published and stuff. Okay, Alrighty, great. That sounds great. That sounds
0: great. And we're going to say goodnight
1: to you so you can get ready for your next show. All right. Well, have a good night, ladies, and, and be safe out there. Okay. okay. Thanks, SJ, for coming on. Great having you. All right. Good night. Okay. Good night.
0: night. And, Heather, uh, Sunday night we have Scott Hamilton from uh, Ansonia, Connecticut, and Family
2: College,
0: okay. and uh, he does run a paranormal school down there, and I'll discuss that cool. later. Cool. Monday, okay. uh, we have Jane Hitchcock coming on, who's a um, victim's advocate for people that are being cyber-bullied.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's such a problem today. Yes, it's such and, a problem. Uh,
0: then Wednesday, we have Chris Caesar coming on, who is also an author. And the following Sunday, the 24th, it's a surprise show.
1: Oh, yay, I love surprises.
0: And the 28th, we have Valentina Marie Lomborg, who also had um, found her gifts when she had a
1: near-death experience as well. Mm, I'm sensing a theme here, Judy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, folks, Judy and I are going to sign off. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll hear you next time.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I want to thank the people that were in chat tonight that aren't here anymore, but that's all right. <laughs> they came up for a short time. Stuff happens, you know. That's um, right, Kathy. We
1: hope your daughter's okay. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I
0: hope you're feeling all right. Um, I know Jimmy, he has to work in the middle of the night, so he can only be on for. Oh a short time. And with Got that, it. I'm going to say good night to everybody, and we're signing off. night.